0: Hello, and welcome to in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Todd Schlesinger, your Editor-in-Chief. We have another exciting podcast for you today. We hope that you enjoy. Do your patients really know all the medical and cosmetic services your practice provides? PatientPoint gives you innovative technology for your waiting room, exam room, and break room at no cost to you. These screens can be customized to help you meet practice goals like growing strategic service lines or enhancing the patient experience. To learn more, visit engage.patientpoint.com AAD.
1: Welcome, everybody. I am Lilia Correa-Selm, a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs Surgeon at University of South Florida and Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa, Florida. And I am here with Dr. Laura Hook. She's a board certified dermatologist and Associate Medical Director of Dermatology at Maine Health. She's also a member of the Health IT Committee and the Epic Dermatology Steering Board at the AAD. Welcome Dr. Hook. Thank you so much. So I know EHR is a big, big challenge and a big subject of discussion among practicing physicians and I know it has been a big objective of the AD to make it a little bit easier for us and to make it a useful tool for us use in our daily practice so can you provide background on, on the type of EHR you use and with how many staff
2: Sure. And before I go into the nitty gritty and nuts and bolts, I think it's important for people to remember why we went into medicine, which is to form meaningful connections with our fellow human beings and relieve suffering. And it may surprise our listeners that I actually think that using an EHR when done right, can actually help you make those connections and relieve not only your patient's suffering, but your own suffering with the EHR even better. So, what we use to relieve our suffering with EHR and to take better care of our patients is the EHR EPIC, which is very well suited for large organizations. And Maine Health is a large organization. I'm the Associate Medical Director of Dermatology within Maine Health, and we have been able to implement this very successfully with a team of five dermatologists, one APP, a nurse practitioner. And of our staff, we have about six admin staff and about 10 clinical staff. And I say about because we have some openings due to the pandemic.
1: Awesome. And what kind of workflows do you have in your practice to optimize the EHR with your staff?
2: I think the first rule of thumb when optimizing the EHR with the staff is really to engage everyone at all levels. So to identify a leadership team for your EHR within your own practice, and that doesn't just mean the physicians or the APPs. We have a medical assistant leader who helps us to own many of the templates and patient handouts that are embedded within our EHR. And she's sort of some of the quality control to make sure that we keep all of our EHR Updated in terms of our patient handouts, note templates. And then when a new staff member comes on, we have the most updated information to share with them and they learn with everyone else. Uh, we actually have a 12 week training program for our new MAs that involves EHR training. Our MAs scribe, which I think is very important within EHR, and they have check ins throughout that 12 week training period at three weeks, six weeks, and then at the end. And if we identify gaps, then we have the opportunity to do some at the elbow training, not only for MAs, but when new providers join us, they get training on the EHR to help them to use it the best for it to be the most functional tool for themselves. And if they have certain gaps that they've identified about four weeks into their training, and even a year after they've joined our organization, they get out the elbow support we all know how sometimes we learn bad habits and we get into these band-aid solutions and if you're just sort of used to your own perhaps not efficient way of solving a problem then it can be very helpful a year later for someone to come by and say you know i see you solving this problem this way let me show you another way that i think might be easier those are
1: great ideas and other than giving them leadership, which I think it's it's fantastic. How else do you encourage them to make your EHR more efficient?
2: Certainly using templates. We use note templates for office visits and for procedures. And we try as much as is reasonable to have uniformity so that it is easier for the staff to cross cover. For example, our procedure notes, by and large, were developed by our Mohs surgeon, and that just makes sense that we would use his procedure notes so that there's uniformity in the way that we document in our department, and that helps our staff to cross cover, and it gives a general feel for dermatology notes that people recognize. So note templates are very important, but we also have templates for telephone notes that are similar to the S bar type of information gathering that nurses will frequently use on the floors that isn't a fast and efficient way to give the information. What's the reason for the patient calling? When were they last seen? What is the working diagnosis and what is their question? And having that templated for the telephone note also means that when the provider gets that information from the staff, they have everything they need without having to dig through the chart to answer the patient's question.
1: Awesome. I think those are pretty good examples on how you help optimize the EHR now when you mentioned that after going back, let's say a year or two years of a practitioner using the EHR or NMA, what are kind of like examples that you found that they keep doing and you have helped them to actually improve upon that and with that also make it more efficient?
2: Remember that the EHR is a tool that is designed to help you take better care of your patients. And not everyone uses tools the same way and not everyone practices the same way. So one example that's come up particularly in the realm for providers is voice recognition. We went to medical school and not a lot of us took typing classes and therefore having to interact with a keyboard for some individuals is a major barrier to patient care. So take the keyboard out of it and use voice recognition, for example, one program that we use is Dragon, which uses voice recognition to help to create parts of your note that can be better understood in prose. Human beings tell each other stories, so it's a great way to fill in the story part of your note and documentation. Uh, and then you might use uh, you might use uh, templates to pull in information that's already in the electronic medical record in other parts of your notes so you're not duplicating your work. I like to use that combination of dictating the story, for instance, the history from the patient, and then using the templates to pull in data elsewhere from the EHR and use that combination so that I'm, I'm really getting the best parts of both ways of writing a note and taking care of a patient. The history is very individualized the allergies can only be documented in one place and just pull that into your note. You don't need to copy that over. So that's one example.
1: Awesome. I have to say I'm a pretty good typer. So my IT department has been trying to get me into using Dragon for a while. So I should probably listen to them. And obviously we talk about that you are a very good user of templates. You use them extensively. Any other example that you can think of on how to use them other than the ones that you already gave us, which are awesome?
2: So going back to our Mohs surgeon, when we refer our patients to our Mohs surgeon, he helped by developing a template that has drop-down lists for the most common types of skin cancer and allows us to use these drop-down lists right in the result note associated with the result, the biopsy result, to indicate that we have interpreted that result and that we have discussed it with the patient or, that we've interpreted the result and we want a staff member to communicate that result to the patient and then take the next step, for instance, schedule for most. So having that all in templates, again, makes it very efficient. And the fact that the surgeon and the surgical team designed that template means that they're getting the information the way that they want it. They get exactly what they need, when they need it, and how they need it on the same token, not only by having the templates designed by the people who are doing the work, you also wanna listen and adapt. And so the people doing the work, for instance, your nurses and MAs who are giving those results or receiving those phone calls have some wonderful ideas about how to optimize the workflow that you may not have thought of as a provider. So again, listening to your team, when you try something new, make a plan to circle back in a month or two and say, is this working for anyone? Has anyone recognized a pebble in their shoe? Is there a place where you're constantly highlighting and deleting something? Is there some way that we can make this work even better?
1: Okay. we talk mostly about MAs, practitioners, et cetera, but I think you can also include patients in the use of EMR. So how do you use patient portals in your practice?
2: I'm a huge proponent of patient portals. I think another important take-home point is that not only has medicine changed, but communication styles have changed. And therefore, if you're open to changing with it, it can be even more fun to form these connections with patients. And one of the ways you can do that is through the portal. So for example, with the 21st Century Cures Act, biopsy results appear in a patient's portal at the same time as they appear in my in-basket. This was something that caused a lot of stress and anxiety when this rolled out among my colleagues. I don't know if you experienced the same thing. Oh yeah, I did. (laughs) Definitely. But I've actually found that it's very, very helpful for me to be able to attach a note to that result and I can see not only that the patient has seen their result, but they've also seen my note. My note about a result, for example, can be even more robust, I'm almost ashamed to say, than a telephone call with the patient. Because in my result note or in my communication with the patient to their portal, attached to the result, I can say, look, this says it's a basal cell. This is what i'm going to briefly say is a basal cell and here's what i think we should do individually for you but then i can put at the end some patients like to research online about their condition and take better care of their health and i love and encourage that practice if you're looking for online resources that can help you to understand this basal cell skin cancer I send them to the AAD patient facing website, which has amazing information on basal cells, on common skin conditions, on skin care and sun care. And often I'll include links. That's not the kind of thing that I can get across over a telephone call. I also think that portals can make you more efficient. When I see a result from a patient that has use of the portal and uses the portal all the time, I touched that result one time. How many times have we called patients and played telephone tag for several days? Because most patients these days screen their calls if they don't recognize the number, or if they see that it's a generic number, like your office number or your medical center number, they'll just let it go to voicemail. And if you actually have to have a conversation about treatment options, it can be more efficient, believe it or not. To do that over email once, then play telephone tag back and forth.
1: Absolutely. All that is completely true. Those are amazing ideas. Now, as an academic dermatologist, I would like to know how do you work with the IT department at your institution to make the EHR more efficient for dermatology?
2: The key is to get involved and also understand that our team in taking care of patients is not limited to providers, nurses, MAs, and scheduling staff. The IT members are also part of your team. So I've, from the very get-go, involve them as part of the dermatology team. If you have a great idea, share it. You're the subject matter on your practice and how you take care of dermatology patients. They don't know, but they're often very open to making you more efficient because it helps everyone. So try to get involved. At my organization, I'm a physician builder for Epic. I actually went to Epic headquarters in Wisconsin and took classes to learn how to build certain functionality in Epic. I love it. Not everyone's gonna like to do that, But I also serve on some subcommittees, which involve physicians and other providers. I'm on the IT committee, which is governance. It makes decisions about where we should put our time, money, and other resources in terms of helping our IT work better. How do we form our priorities? Which department gets what when? You can be part of a committee like that, and that can help as well. I also serve on the ambulatory IT committee of my organization because that's something that is near and dear to my work as a dermatologist. Most of my work is done in the ambulatory setting. So if all we did was initiatives that affected the care of COVID patients inpatient, then nothing would happen on ambulatory side. So try to get involved and share your good ideas. Sometimes you'll find you're even a subject matter expert in more than just dermatology. If you've found a particularly great workflow in Epic, the IT department can help you to share it. Our IT department has newsletters that we send out on a monthly basis. And this is where some of those great ideas are shared. You also, if you happen to use Epic, can go out on Epic Earth and there are chat rooms where you can share ideas and also ask questions of other dermatologists. Has anyone else had this problem? How have you solved it? It just makes sense to go out to the crowd and and crowdsource some of these questions to try to solve problems. For example, this coming year, my organization is going to be launching Beaker, and Beaker is the lab module for Epic. I happen to have some experience with Beaker because I'm also trained as a dermatopathologist. So I'll be helping Maine Health as a subject matter expert and training other physicians on the use of Beaker when we roll it out. So definitely get involved and share ideas.
1: Makes sense, makes sense. Now, what resources are available to dermatologists, like the regular practicing dermatologists from the AADA?
2: Specifically from the AAD, I would absolutely recommend the practice management portion of the AAD website. I know that when the 21st Century Cures Act came out, as well as the CMS coding guidelines in 2021, I had that page bookmarked on my browser to start to learn the new CMS coding guidelines. So I highly recommend the 2021 E&M coding tool. Also recommend the prior authorization letter generator. That can help to generate letters for you for expensive medications where we are sometimes stymied by treatment ladders from insurance companies. So those are some excellent ideas in terms of improving your efficiency using
1: The aad practice management website and i definitely want to tag along on that idea i think the practice management center is a fantastic resource for all of our members i want to invite everybody to visit it it has all kinds of resources for compliance coding scope of practice private payers, so many things, so much more. So I think everybody should go and take a look at it because it's, it's a great resource that the AAD has for all of us. Well, Dr. Hope, thank you very much for this very insightful interview. We were lucky to have you.
2: Thank you so much. And I encourage everyone to keep an open mind about the EHR and understand that as medicine changes and communications changes, if you're open to changing with it, the practice of medicine can be even more fun and rewarding.
0: Thank you. Do your patients really know all the medical and cosmetic services your practice provides? PatientPoint gives you innovative technology for your waiting room, exam room, and break room at no cost to you. These screens can be customized to help you meet practice goals like growing strategic service lines or enhancing the patient experience. To learn more, visit engage.patientpoint.com AAD. We hope you have enjoyed this edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. This is Todd Schlesinger, your Editor-in-Chief. For more podcasts, including bonus issues, check us out online at the website of the American Academy of Dermatology or through the Dialogues in Dermatology app. You can now also sync your subscription to your favorite podcast app. New podcasts are released each week in addition to our monthly JAD podcasts, We hope you enjoy these new options for listening to dialogues and the increasing content for your listening pleasure. Thank you.